0: to the DeCesory Group podcast, your source for the latest economic development and business news in South Central Kentucky. I'm your host, Jim DeCesory. The DeCesory Group podcast is a companion to our newsletter, the Soki Economic Development and Business News. You can subscribe on our website, thedecesorygroup.com, or on our social media platforms, LinkedIn, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Now, in each episode, we'll talk to individuals and decision makers who have a unique insight and perspective on the region's economy and business landscape. Now, in our last episode, we talked with former state senator and current lobbyist Richie Sanders about the 2023 legislative session, and I have two clarifications to make. At one point during our conversation, I identified the new Mexican restaurant coming to Stadium Park Plaza in downtown Bowling Green as El Mazalan, when in fact, it is Garcia's Bar and Grill. And next, uh, Richie referred to Senate President Pro Tem David Givens as David Williams, who was a former... Senate President. Just a simple faux pas on his end, but I did want to clarify both of those. Now that we got that out of the way, in this episode, I talk with Ron Bunch, a certified economic developer and president and CEO of the Bowling Green Area Chamber of Commerce, a five-star accredited Chamber of Commerce, which has been invited to apply for the Chamber of the Year in the U.S. by the American Chamber of Commerce executives for eight of the last nine years, making it to the finalist stage, five of those years. Pretty impressive. Since Ron joined the Bowling Green Area Chamber of Commerce, our community has announced over $6.5 billion, that's B in billion, in capital investment and more than 12,000 new jobs. Bowling Green has been ranked in the top six nationally by Site Selection Magazine for the top 10 metro sport, the new and expanded facilities for population under 200,000 for 10 consecutive years, including number one overall in 2018, and has won two consecutive Matt Conway Awards from Site Selection Magazine, which recognized the team as the top 20 economic development organization in the country for their performance in 2020 and 2021. In 2022, last year, the community announced the second largest project in the history of Kentucky at $2 billion and 2,000 new jobs. Chamber also serves as the lead economic development organization and is responsible for the South Central Kentucky Regional Economic Development Partnership. Ron, that's quite impressive. Thank you for joining us.
1: I really appreciate you having me here. Thanks, Jim.
0: Well, there's been a lot going on with economic development in Bowling Green and Warren County over the last really 30 years but you've been here for just over 10 years now
1: mm-hmm. right around 13
0: right has it been 13 already Yeah,
1: fat. time flies
0: man well what has been uh and I talked a little bit about this in the intro, but tell us about the the impact for our community of that six point five billion dollars of investment since you've been here. What does that do for our economy here in South Central Kentucky?
1: Yeah, the reason we focus on those kinds of businesses is because of the multiplier effect they have. Mm-hmm. So that six and a half billion is really two to two and a half times more than that when you look at the overall economic impact. The six point five is the direct investment by targeted businesses
0: and so if, if we multiply that by two two and a half you're you're in the 15 billion ish range
1: exactly right
0: and that's huge that's because that's you know not only construction jobs and you know materials but also people that have jobs at, at these facilities They're buying homes, they're buying groceries, they're buying cars, they're going out to eat, they're going to baseball games, they're going to Skypack, they're doing all those things.
1: Doing all those things. That's why we focus on those type of businesses because the outsize effect they have in the economy. And I think another benchmark to look at is how we ranked in the country. We've consistently ranked sixth or higher. In some years we've ranked number one. This past year we ranked number two in the country for our size economy. So consistently we've performed very well. And that gives you an idea of how strong it is when compared to national competitors.
0: And that, that recent ranking just came out a month or so ago. That's uh, correct. It was in the, in the Soki economic development and business newsletter. I don't know if you got a copy of it.
1: <laughs> awesome. Yeah. It was, <laughs> it was also in site selection Magazine, so
0: Yeah. Well, the, I've heard of <laughs> it not, too. They
1: don't, they don't have the same reach you have. Jim, the, yeah,
0: that's right. We have hundreds of subscribers. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, so what is so appealing about Bowling Green, Warren County, and South Central Kentucky to site selectors, industries, and businesses? What what makes us so attractive to them?
1: You know, there's some fundamental reasons, obviously. The location of our economy, mm. you know, just north of Nashville is not a bad place to be. You know, the interstate, the university, so there's some location advantages that also tie back into the business climate for Kentucky. But I think the biggest thing really is how well All the different stakeholders work together in Bowling Green and Warren County, and that's helped set us apart year in and year out and still does today. And so when we finally get the client here and talk to them, they can see that the whole community is focused on them growing. And so it's a good opportunity for them to come into a community where there's less risk. And so that's what they're really looking to identify.
0: It's funny you say that because when we had uh, Judge Emeritus Mike Buchanan on our first episode, we actually talked about how well, um, the, the, despite party affiliation and all that, our our local leaders work together for the same end game. Yep, and uh, you know, and it's not just your local elected leaders; it's your your utilities, it's your uh, you know contractors, your engineers, it's everybody coming together because a lot of these, uh, most people don't realize this, but, um, you know, I, I'll use an engineer, engineer, a civil engineer, for example, and, yep. and just any of them, a lot of them will do some front end work pro bono. Oh yeah. Uh, just to help get that business here. They might not ever get the job.
1: Never. Yeah. You know, and,
0: that- and, uh, but they, they want to do what's best for the community. And I think, you know, we kind of shine that way uh, compared to other communities around the state and around the Southeast.
1: Yeah, I appreciate you detailing it out. That is what sets us apart. I mean, there are so many players. We just get to be the quarterback, mm-hmm. but there's so many players that happen, happen in the field that make things work. You know, another example is we were courting a company and we were showing them a site that didn't have infrastructure yet. And a local contractor cut in a road for us, put gravel on it, put gravel again in the morning, didn't charge us a nickel just so we could show that client.
0: That's fantastic. And, And that's, you know, that's the community we have here. So for those that are, you know, work for site selectors or industries that are listening. Just keep that in mind, exactly. <laughs> you know, and uh, we are starting to have some reach with some people outside the region. So that's a uh, uh, we can see where people are listening to this podcast. So we know uh, who's listening and where you are. And we appreciate that. Uh, the other thing is, um, was 2022 the biggest year for capital investment yeah. since you've been here?
1: It sure was. I mean, two plus billion, um, second largest project in the history of Kentucky. So obviously, that's pretty big.
0: And that's envision, correct? Envision,
1: correct? Yeah, two billion, two thousand jobs.
0: And the other, the biggest was Blue Oval, I yeah, think that went to, to Glendale. And uh, so this this will be a, a similar project, um, not this, not exactly the same, but somewhat the same.
1: Um, similar, but I really have a preference for the DOE. We, we were actually courting multiple battery projects at the time. And this is the one, in my opinion, that was the best for us. And I think very good for Kentucky and that they have multiple car companies they're working with. They don't have a singular car company. Uh, that would determine the fate of the ev battery manufacturer so ours has multiple the first of which is mercedes which is a pretty nice brand
0: yeah i've heard of them and uh (laughs) i know envisions worked with nissan over the years as well exactly and uh the blue oval projects just dedicated to ford only correct so uh you have uh you have more options here with envision so what is the impact of that project going to be i mean it's uh You know, I know we're talking uh, a lot of infrastructure that's uh, happening right now, Uh, but but what what's going to happen, you know, within the facility itself, but also the tier one, tier two and and other suppliers that are going to have to come and feed that facility.
1: Yeah. So I'll start at the beginning. Okay. You know, we, we had to because of the scale of the project and utility demands, we had to go for help from the state legislature. And They provided funding around $70 million in total to help widen roads, to provide water and sewer. And so that design, that construction, there's $70 million worth of construction activity going on in our economy just to get ready for them.
0: And, and I'm going to add something to that because a lot of times when people hear that, they think, oh, well, my tax dollars are going to help um, some mm, big point. corporation. Yes and no. Because it is uh, there's there's a payback.
1: It, yeah, I was going to say the back to the two and a half times. Yeah. So that investment in infrastructure then creates two and a half times the return. So it's really an investment. It's of, not an expense of two hundred ten billion or exactly, two hundred ten billion exactly. Something like that. So go ahead. And so then then you know even uh, I would love if people get a chance to go out there and just look at the scale. There's probably a thousand contractors working for the next eighteen months building it there'll be 300 employees just installing equipment mm-hmm. before you hire the 2,000. So all those people are in our economy, staying in hotels, eating out, spending money. So there's a construction impact, which is pretty large. Mm-hmm. We've calculated that. And then <laughs> then the ongoing employment. And then what you point out, Jim, is when you have that core client here, there are other sl- suppliers that are going to be near it. So not only are we going to land suppliers – but the region will land suppliers, which is good for Kentucky.
0: Yeah, and and you know we've talked about this on this podcast and, and in other forms as well. That you know while Bowling Green Warren County is the hub of South Central Kentucky, um, there we have nine other counties in the Brad area, yep, and and they'll all benefit from this in some form or fashion. For whether sure. it's their citizens coming to work there, or whether those counties landing one of those suppliers that that feeds this facility and others. Um, that's, that's just a huge win for everybody.
1: Yeah. I mean, just like, you know, we're in the sphere of Nashville's economy and we go to Nashville for some things that we don't pay for here. Sure. Same with the region. So when we do well, the region does well. When the region does well, we do well. Uh, probably 70% of the jobs in our region are in Bowling Green and Warren County and then the incommuting from people from those outside counties coming into Warren County has just grown year after year and that's going to continue to grow that way so really is a good regional synergy
0: yeah and and, and with these announcements Uh, comes new people. I mean, we're growing. We can't build houses quick enough around here.
1: We're working on that, though.
0: Yeah. uh, We have, um, I think uh, Judge Buchanan and I discussed this, we probably have uh, tripled our population over the last 30 years easily. Yeah, Uh, I
1: think I've heard recently our daytime working population in Bowling Green is around 200,000 people.
0: Wow, that's amazing!
1: Because you only think of who lives here, who's here, census, but in in the working respect, it's clear near nearly two two hundred thousand people.
0: Well, that explains the uh, Nashville <laughs> <traffic>. Road, Scottsville <laughs> Road, right? You know, and and we've been fortunate. You know, we as far as our local elected leaders it, have been really doing a fine job trying to keep right. our infrastructure up to speed and making sure that the transportation dollars are coming back here to to widen roads. I know. Um, You know, Nashville Road was just widened all the way out to basically Buchanan Park. Um, You know, we have I-65, six lanes all throughout the state. And Mm -hmm. and I, you know, I give big credit to Jody Richards for that alone because that was uh, one of his huge initiatives. And and when you have 200,000 people working here every day that's that's amazing it's i'd amazing. never need that number
1: and so that's why it's so critical for us to have a regional transportation plan that continues to go well i mean i'd put up our roads against anybody's roads right sure. now so as we keep up with that as we make it easier to in commute and shop and other stuff and go back and forth those feeder roads into Bowling green warren county are increasingly important
0: our, our infrastructure i wanted to talk about some of the biggest challenges that you face you know mm-hmm. you're you're your role is to recruit industries into Bowling Green and Warren County. Uh, but, But what are some of the biggest challenges that you face?
1: Besides myself?
0: Yeah, <laughs> If he, besides getting out of your own way, yeah, exactly. what are some of the challenges that you face?
1: Well, I would just clarify a little bit. We're, we're in charge of helping to recruit targeted businesses, so any kind of business that would qualify for incentives, which increasingly we're doing that with technology businesses. Just earlier this week, we announced a MyXR project, which mm-hmm. is uh, 60 jobs doing gamification. I think those jobs are average 60,000, 70,000 a year. So, yeah.
0: Uh, now, when you say the, gamification. Yeah, that,
1: I, I ask the same question. Is that, <laughs> is that
0: gaming or is that. No, uh, that's
1: a great question. Yeah. It, the best way I know how to describe it is it's a newer form of marketing. Where you're engaging the person in a context to make it fun and engaging and leading them through a process that ultimately lands at whatever call to action you had. Okay. So it, it's it's a lot more engaging. It's not just that passive. You see an ad, I want to click on a link, go to thing. It's yeah. It's much more engaging. Port points, rewards, things like that that okay. induce you to kind of go the next step.
0: I got you. All right. So that's that's the term they're using for that now. Gamification.
1: Yeah. So they're they're working with some pretty large. You know, if you could imagine having the wku sports experience in a digital kind of format Mm -hmm. um so they're taking things that might be big experiences hey maybe you like yellowstone and they're going to engage you in an experience in and around yellowstone so like you feel like you were part of it i got you so it's things like that that lead to i don't know if i
0: want to be a part of that family (laughs) a lot of of death and destruction there yeah a a lot of challenges there Oh well, that's great. I mean, that's a great announcement. But but when we talk about challenges, uh, you know, yeah. what what are what are some of the other ones that you face?
1: Yeah, I mean, for us, you touched on it earlier. We've had, you know, we've had growth for thirty years. Mm-hmm. We've not had the level of success in economic development we've had ever before since the last ten years. So that level of growth has accelerated, and so infrastructure is beginning to be challenged, and so building a plan, uh, and we've made recommendations to the city and the county around this, to coordinate the various utilities and then to project areas where there's development opportunities. Certainly a developer could still propose a development somewhere else, but at least in this way you're bringing together multiple utilities, planning out areas where they would co-invest, trying to make it more efficient, and that way we keep up with the growth. I think they said by, what, 2030, there'll be essentially a population of another Bowling Green. So you want to make sure that happens in a way where we still recognize and appreciate our community. You don't want to be runaway growth, but you don't even recognize where right. you are anymore. And that all of our community leaders and business leaders are focused on making Bowling Green to stay Bowling Green, just be
0: bigger. Yeah. And for those listening, uh, 2030 is, I'm doing math in my head, is Not seven away. years away. It's crazy. Crazy. Wow. Uh, Workforce, I know, has been a big challenge, um, and it's a continuous challenge, I should say.
1: Yeah, and it's a national problem. You can look back at any studies. Deloitte and NAM did a study a while back. There's going to be 3.5 million shortage of manufacturing employment across the U.S. You see numbers now where you've got two open jobs for every person in the U.S. So structurally, there's a problem in the whole country. Uh, we don't work the whole country, though, so our focus has been on how do we build relationships here, build programs here to uncover both untapped resources for labor and then find ways to recruit people in And, and I think because we've been working on that the last decade and investing in it, that's made a difference in meeting with clients because we can just point, hey, I know your other operations are challenged. Do you have any of these kind of relationships, any of these kind of programs? So do you want to go somewhere like that? Or do you want to come here where we've already worked on all this and you can be part of the solution versus figuring out the solution? And that's worked for us.
0: Well, in the, in the grand scheme of things, if you if you put it based on the, the numbers you've shared with us, if we have, what, seven or 8,000 jobs that 8, are open. 8,000
1: open jobs right now.
0: Uh, but you have 200,000 people coming to work every day. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's, you know, that's single-digit percentage-wise of, of open right. jobs. So, you know, if you put it in perspective that way, we're we're still doing really good in getting in getting jobs fulfilled, but you're always going to have open jobs.
1: Yeah, you will always have open jobs, and that's good. I mean, because you have yep. creative destruction. So some jobs are going away, new jobs are coming on. But sure. Another thing we put kind of drilled into recently was the amount of manufacturing employment. So if you looked at the trend of manufacturing employment in our region, we have at least twice the national average of manufacturing employment. We peaked around 26,000 manufacturing jobs. During COVID, it dipped down to 24,000. So you got a net of 2,000 right there, Mm -hmm. hence Envision. And so if we kept on that same trajectory, you'd have been at 29, almost 30,000 manufacturing jobs because they'd been growing each year for several years. Uh, So I think that's in part why Envision thought, hey, we can be there. There's an opportunity for us to bring in talent and still be part of the growth.
0: And you've had some other big announcements over the last year. I mean Tyson. Yeah, Tyson's
1: uh, big. Four hundred plus jobs. Owens Illinois is a big project.
0: Yeah, and billion. So OI Glass had their groundbreaking last week.
1: Correct. Yeah, Friday.
0: And how many? uh, How many jobs does is that facility bringing?
1: Uh, It's two hundred plus jobs. The the neat part of Owens Illinois is the technology they're bringing here Mm -hmm. does not exist anywhere else in the world so we're unveiling the technology called magma yeah if you look it up online it's a cool video about what it'll
0: do i have seen the video so it'll
1: be a disruptive technology and it's it's those kinds of projects that we're really seeking now where you're doing new things it ties back to research and development we can connect with wku's innovation uh, efforts and so um, it's very exciting it kind of got overshadowed a bit by envision but on its own, it's an amazing project.
0: Yeah, and and uh, I believe they're going to be first in glass. <laughs> <laughs> now, are they are they making bourbon bottles, or are they making bottles for different industries? Or, or is they it are just... making it
1: for spirits, but okay. uh, they can make other bottles. I mean, the technology allows shorter run, like craft bottles. So that that's the thing awesome. they'll be able to disrupt that. So, and a lot of, as I understand it, part of the marketing of beverages is. The shape and style of the
0: container the beverage is in. Sure. So everybody's looking for something unique to, exactly. you know, grab the attention of the consumer, which is the end game. Uh, we talked about challenges. We talked about some of your successes. If uh, if you could add more tools to your toolbox mm. to attract more opportunities, what would those be?
1: Ooh, I get my wish list. You know, one of the wish lists because I talked to you about it before. The, you know, I think. Kentucky could really benefit by creating a program better than, but similar to what Georgia, Alabama, and others, which gets rated number one every year for a decade plus. Right, And as that simple proposition for targeted businesses that qualify incentives, the state will recruit, screen, and train your workforce for you, period. That's a great investment in our people that continues to do R and D for our community and technical colleges. And it addresses that talent gap problem. That's the number one problem everybody's mind right now. So I think strategically and every other reason that would be great for Kentucky. I really would love to see Kentucky change some of our incentives Mm -hmm. uh, and also change the definition of what is a targeted business that could qualify for incentives. And, you know, annually sort of update the list of companies by the cabinet for economic development that would qualify rather than have it in the law have it referred out to the cabinet to be able to that's what they did in florida and it really helped keep up with the economy as the economy evolved so that the state could go after projects they felt were a fit to diversify Kentucky's economy.
0: Give them a little little free reign to adjust uh, some of the, the policies as needed.
1: Correct. I mean, you could still present it to a subcommittee or something sure. to be ratified, but not have to go back into the law every time.
0: And, and are these programs similar to, I know you and I in the past have talked about a, a Louisiana program as well. Exactly. Same, same type of same situation. Type for workforce, yes, sir. Well, that's uh, go talk to your legislators. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sure you are. I got to
1: get my peers on board. I mean, (laughs) it's it's a bit of a challenge in that a lot of our economic developers in Kentucky haven't done economic development in other states, and so when you're competing with other states, you only get sort of a glimpse. You know, since I've worked in South Carolina, Virginia, and Florida, I've been able to see kind of inside how the incentives work, what makes a difference, and so it's a little bit of education. Then we got to educate our legislators. Okay.
0: I'm sure you you can do that. You've done that well <laughs> so far. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, you got plenty of time when you're getting out of your own way. Uh predictions for uh the future economic development activity for this area?
1: Oh, stay tuned. I mean, <laughs> we've had a big year <laughs>
0: last year, but it's not over. Really? Really. That's awesome. Yep. Well, you're doing a great job, and uh,
1: we got a great team. Really, are we're blessed with our legislators, our utilities, permitting folks. The whole team is great that we have here,
0: and you have a you have a good staff as well at the the chamber. Um, I know I I work with them quite a bit throughout the year, Um, and I do want to point out one other thing because we we've talked about this in our previous podcast is that you know one of the reasons that uh, this area is so attractive is you know we also have uh, education. Yes. Uh, you know you have Western Kentucky University, you have Sky CTC, we have great local school systems, we have great technical schools mm-hmm. and you work with all them.
1: I, I would um, I would rank them this way. For the projects that we work, number one would be Sky CTC. Mm-hmm. Number 2 would be our K12 and they're exceptional. We got National Superintendent of the Year, yeah. SCK launch. I mean, so the K12 is awesome and those are the jobs that feed the people that feed directly into the jobs that are being created. And then WKU is also awesome, but they're down the list a bit cuz you're into professional positions and sure. once you get into a professional position, especially if it's let's say above 60 grand a year, it's a national recruitment. Yeah. So it's great to have the university here, but all the companies at that wage level are going to recruit nationally and people are willing to move at a certain wage level.
0: But, you know, we're fortunate that WKU, we have a great business college. Yeah, for uh, sure. We have an engineering program. We have a, a doctor, you know, a, a, a medical school now. Mm-hmm. So, we, you know, we have all those things that could supplement uh, these industries if they need, you know, accountants, if they need engineers, uh, you know, whatever. Uh, they have a maintenance program, you know. So they there's some, some – avenues for those folks as well, but you're right. You know, it's a, it's a national search for college students when they're, exactly. they're graduating and, uh, actually spoke to student government association last week and, uh, you know, about a quarter of them were graduating, all but two had jobs already. I bet, and yep. you know, so I think
1: the engineers have jobs junior year. So yeah, I mean, oh yeah, certain roles at certain programs at Western, they get jobs even before, well before they graduate.
0: Well, it's hard; they're hard to get. And yep. uh, you know, you talk to any of our our local engineers around here, they they just can't. You know, they sometimes they can't compete. Yeah, um,
1: WKU is awesome. I mean, that yeah. wasn't my comment. My oh, comment I, was yeah, really that. that you know clients look at the Community Technical College K twelve and then I would say third WKU and they all do well. They just look at them in that kind of framework.
0: Yeah, well, at, at least we have all those tools in your exactly. toolbox. <laughs> yes. Well, hey, uh, before I go, uh, before we go, I wanted to take a moment to uh, personally uh, thank you uh, because Ron Bunch was the one who nominated me for the Kentucky yep. Association of Economic Development Hall of Fame and well I well deserved. I really appreciate it. I think it was in twenty nineteen. Yeah. I wasn't guess. that the long ago. Clack's hanging up there behind you somewhere, but uh, I'm honored to be a part of that uh, accomplished group of individuals. I think I may be the youngest member, too. <laughs> there you go. Perfect. <laughs> but, but thank you for, for doing that. Uh, I really well appreciate deserved. it.
1: Well-deserved. Happy to do it. My colleagues obviously agreed.
0: Well, uh, obviously. But, uh, you know, it, it was a lot of fun. And, of course, you were a big part of our Right to Work initiative here in Kentucky, not only, um, you know, the first county in the country to yep. pass a local right to work law, but then... You know, we finally got it through. at the state level, which just makes me think of another question.
1: Yeah. Success has definitely increased since then.
0: It has. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and then you see a state like Michigan repealing their right to work law that has been in place since I think the 20s or 30s or something like that. That is good for us. Yeah, it's great for us. <laughs> so
1: it makes no economic sense. But it it, it it's really does. more about politics and who's paying
0: for elections. Yeah. So anyhow, but thank you, thank you for being on the podcast. You, we have you a parting gift here, oh, not right. the bonsai tree, uh, the coffee mug. I thought maybe some <laughs> of the
1: petal, some of the pebbles underneath <laughs> the bonsai tree.
0: Yeah. But uh, thank you. We appreciate you uh, spending some time with us.
1: Thanks for educating the audience. Thanks, Jim.
0: Thanks for listening to the DeCesory Group podcast. We hope you enjoyed my conversation with Bowling Green Area Chamber President and CEO Ron Bunch. Pretty impressive stuff, if I say so myself. We want you to come grow with us. Like and subscribe to this podcast and our newsletter and follow us on LinkedIn, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Today's program is produced by the DeCesare Group. Our engineer is Justin L. DeCesare, with content contributions from Brooke Mattingly and Amy DeCesare. Keep listening to the DeCesare Group podcast and hear from industry leaders, business owners, and experts about the latest economic development and business activities in South Central Kentucky. Until we meet again, I'm Jim DeCesare.